Welcome to the Freedom Fridays podcast with me, your host, Pete Clark, the Whispers Guy. Work seems to expand to the time that we give it. And I've been investing my time, occasionally on a Friday, to explore how we use our time, our energy, our attention, and the impact it has on our identity. I've been exploring over season one some of the mindset shifts in the handcuffs of I have to, to the freedom of I choose to. And I've shared some conversations, some tips, some tools about how you might want to invest your own time, your own energy, your own attention, how you might want to, if you choose to, make some changes to your identity, how you might have freedom from I have to and design a life around I choose to. If that's of interest to you, then this is the podcast for you. In season two, I'm going to be exploring some experts and asking them what freedom means for them and trying to help people work to live and not live to work. Trying to help people add life to their years and not just years to their life. So let's dive on in and here's season two. Welcome to this week's edition of Freedom Fridays podcast. It's a very special conversation, this one for me, because I started this a couple of years ago, and my very first guest was a chap that I'd met through professional circumstances. We've become mates, and he's back again. So he's he was not only my first guest, but he's my first repeat guest. So please welcome back to the conversation, Alex Moffat. Hello, Pete. I'm really pleased you called me a mate there. That's good. <laughs> what else would you be? <laughs> uh, thanks. Appreciate it. No, it's really good to have been the first one. I remember, what was it, 18 months ago, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. And I think we were recording it in a car park near the beach. We did. We'd have breakfast. It sounds pretty dodgy, two blokes sitting in a car talking to each other at the beach. But anyway, we, we yeah. made it work. With a microphone strapped on me. That's right. uh, yeah, it's good. So yeah, now in the comfort of our own homes and we can do it this way. It's good. Yeah, cool. So before we kind of spoiler alerts here, let me let me open with the, the question. Um, given it's the Freedom Fridays podcast, what freedom, what has, how has freedom changed for you in the last 18 months? It's changed massively. So mm-hmm. Uh, I remember talking with you on the previous one around how I think I started not so long before that a compressed fortnight. I'd had my Fridays every fortnight that were freed up through that. And that was my creativity time to work on the the magic and the storytelling and weaving the magic into the, the messaging and speaking that I was on a journey to start that business then. Um, so since, so that was great. And I found that because I had that focused time where the day job's there and I had just that time to do it, I did it. And I, I was using that time wisely and forcing myself into that. And now, so I was made redundant. My role was made redundant back in June of this year. And so I've gone through this journey of having loads of free time loads of freedom but that's starting to scare me a bit because it's almost too much where you start to lose the 
the sense of purpose that you had. Um, the head's not in the game as much as it was. And so I kind of now uh, cherish those moments that I did have where mm. I was in work and working busy and had structure. So I found that I've got less structure uh, when I shouldn't, you know, I should be still having my own sort of creative structure, but I, I guess through years of being in the same sort of organization, similar roles, then you, you create a way of working and I'm still trying to find that way for myself. So there's that aspect of it. There's just more freedom. Um, but is it too much is the question. Mm -hmm. at the moment. I, I, if people hear me say I've got too much freedom, like I said to a mate the other day, he was like, I would love a few months off. <laughs> so, you know, it's, yeah. you've got to be careful what you wish for, haven't you? But yeah. Um, I basically am now in this journey where I'm looking for a full-time opportunity, but I'm also using the time when I can balance out to develop more of this magic speaking business. Mm -hmm. But I, I could be doing it a lot better, I feel. I'm, I'm not, even though I've got all the time in the world, I'm not using it as wisely as I did when I had concentrated time. It's very easy to get distracted and mm. live a, a way of life that I am at the moment. So... That's where I'm at with freedom. So a little bit scared of it right now. Interesting. Thank you, first of all, so much for sharing that. Because I think it'd be very easy to be in your situation and put on this mask of it's great, it's awesome. I get to spend time with the kids and the family and, you know, do bits and pieces. And, you know, and yet I think for most people, after a, a large portion of our lives working, which for most people, that's the case, to suddenly be given perhaps through no choice of your own, the freedom not to. It, the, the, the thought is probably nicer than the experience sometimes. Apart from the first few weeks and days where it's a little bit of novelty and it's nice and you can, oh, what am I going to do today? As you say, you know, it goes on and on and on yeah. and it becomes too much of a good thing. So I, I really want to just acknowledge and thank you for being willing to share that. Yeah, no, you're dead right. It was great in the beginning. I've had a holiday in Fiji, you know, allow, enabled all that sort of stuff, but... Yeah, time with the kids. So when I do get a job, I'll probably be missing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to pick up on a couple of things, if I may, that are I, I've heard over the years, and I wonder if you'd be willing to share your perspective. And, and it was one of the first things you said, actually. You, you started by saying I was made redundant, but then you corrected it to that your role was made redundant. That's right. Um, which is an interesting uh, and sometimes a very difficult distinction to make particularly when it happens to yourself can you maybe just share your thinking about that and yeah. was that an easy distinction to make did you come to that conclusion quickly has that been over time you've accepted it's the role and not yourself or yeah. is this do you still harbor a little bit of fear and anxiety maybe it is me i think it's a mixture of uh yeah you yourself get impacted so yeah. it becomes a Oh my God, my my world's changing. Everyone else, like my family's world, therefore changes slightly. Um, and it's a bit of a saying, sort of made redundant, you know. But I was actually, uh, when I posted on LinkedIn once about it, someone corrected me in the comments on it, very respectfully as well. And they were dead right that it, it wasn't me. And it was a bit of a comment on, um i shouldn't be so hard on myself mm. it's the role and so that's but i've still in my head obviously got it uh, the previous narrative but that was triggered 
at that very moment that I said it and, and hence corrected it. Yeah. So I understand that it's the role. But yeah, it's one of those things that's sort of just built in how I've, I've said it, I suppose. Yeah, you you and I think many people, and if I you know extend the the distinction, I think over our lives, the many roles that we play, they become redundant. Or do they just change in color and hue and shade? So I, I'm at this stage now where my kids are no longer at school. So that's probably, you know, 20 years of school aged kids. And the role that I played in being a father of kids at school is now redundant. But yeah. interestingly, I don't see my role as a parent as redundant. Yeah. The, the hue, the color, the shade has changed. Yeah. And yet I'm not mourning necessarily the, the loss of the school age father role redundancy but interestingly if i was if i was in your situation and, and i feel it in some ways because i'm a, an external consultant i really only get paid to turn up and what my thinking is etc cetera, etc cetera. if suddenly i go through a quiet patch for whatever circumstances it's like oh hang on pete's now no longer important and i, I have the same feeling sometimes about Pete's no longer worth it. Pete's no longer good enough. Pete's now redundant, as opposed to the roles redundant, because I know that's not the case. There must be hundreds of thousands of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, consultants like you and or I that are busy on every single day. You walk into any hotel, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, and all of the meeting rooms are booked up with stuff. Yeah. So I wonder if you have a, any thoughts on on that yeah i i can see it in the roles that i've had uh in former uh, employer where the job that i started even with the same title wasn't the job that i i finished yeah because the business changes the people change the uh regulation changes royal commission comes in changes things so things like that cause your role to have a, a different edge to it and the hues things like that mm. um but of course I grew in that role as well in leadership so things that I was doing at the beginning as a leader I wasn't doing so much at the end as a leader either mm. so it's like uh development and growth isn't it and things come and go on the journey um mm. the same way with yeah all the, the things I used to do when the kids were little that I don't do so much now although we've just got a puppy so I'm finding myself doing ah. things <laughs> <laughs> doing the baby talk <laughs> that was redundant <laughs> but uh yeah that's all come back so yeah we as things come into our lives and and change and adapt we we evolve as well don't we yeah it, it makes me smile that i think puppies and babies are probably the world's most immediate state changers yeah that's right in the first week we had him he's called magic by the way oh uh, brilliant I spent the whole week at the end of the week. I was like, what would I have done you know, with my week? Got all this freedom, obviously, but I actually thought there was such a distraction that I wondered what I would have been doing. Yeah. If we hadn't had that dog. Fascinating. Yeah. What kind of dog is it? It's a cavoodle. It's a toy cavoodle. So quite popular. My wife's got the, the allergies. So it's one of those with good with the allergies. Right. Cool. Um, 
I'm also intrigued by one of the things you said at the start. You know, given this is the Freedom Fridays podcast that you said, and I, I don't want to labour on it, I don't want to take it literally, I, I'd love to explore it, but that you're now a bit scared of having too much freedom. And yet in previous positions, like you, you, you talked about your mate going, I'd love to have a few months off. Can you just share that distinction? Where is that line that you've consciously or not crossed where one side of the line freedom was an ambition, hmm. whereas the other side of the line freedom is now a constraint? Uh, I think it's, I'm still trying to find the balance of um, this magic business, speaking business with finding the role. And I think as time has gone on, it becomes a little bit more um, worry, worrisome on when is it going to uh, materialize. And um, the magic speaking business is not something that's going to take off overnight. I'd love it to, but it's just slowly building. Um, so it's that, I think, a mixture of worry about where when things are going to happen. So it's, I'm doing, hopefully, and I'm told, the right things during the week to, to make things happen. Mm. Um, but that actual line probably was in the last month, I would say. It's okay. a bit, I thought things will have happened by now and, and they haven't. So therefore, you know, I had these uh, ambitions and goals and things like that that haven't quite yep. gone as fast or come as fast as they I wanted them to. So mm -hmm. therefore that's then started making me feel like, I really would rather, you know, that uh, less freedom and be in that role as opposed to continuing to enjoy it like I was at the beginning. And so had those expectations that you set yourself, and I would possibly even argue a little bit blindly, because that's, you know, what some of the goal setting methodology suggests, you know, dream big. Mm. Having had those expectations that you set not met, now is it the resistance to the speed or the goal that's causing the the scariness around freedom? Mm. Probably the the speed. Yeah, it's Christmas is around the corner. Yeah, so time thing for me. Um, that's the worry. Um, and my biggest problem is that I'm trying to balance the two things. So really, you know, in my head, I go, well, should I just put the magic to the side and gone all in looking for a job? May or may not be in a full-time job now. Pick up the magic again on the side and continue where I was 12 months ago. Yeah. Um, or the other side of the coin, I could have gone all in on the magic speaking business. And would that have grown? and yeah further ahead in the curve than it is now mm. so i think i've probably um hindered myself a bit by trying to balance the two and that's part of the lack of structure that i've had i think as well mm. so if i had done things differently i probably would have gone right putting down the magic for a bit let's just um yeah. knock it down for the role and then still continue to then when i've got that still continue to just build the magic on the side as a side hustle that it's yeah. yeah. And w whether it's, you know, the two parameters that you're juggling, I, I think most people face that dilemma 
of trying to balance the yin and the yang, the the personal and the professional, the the current job and the side hustle, the personal life and the work life. Um, anyone that's balancing or trying to, and, and my perspective is it's rarely ever in balance. It's probably an oscillating, you know, a to and a from and a, a toggling between. We just hope that the, the, the toggling doesn't get too extreme, yeah. I think, sometimes. Um, are there any, and it's been a short time for you so far, are there, any, are there any hints or tips that you'd give to others who are seeking balance between two potentially competing priorities? Any mistakes that you've made that you wouldn't do again or anything you're still working on that's work in progress that you can't really report on, do it this way, don't do it that way, but it's sensing, it's giving you some sort of sense of how to balance those things? Yeah, and it's good that you feel it's, been a short time so far because it, it from your perspective because it feels like a long time to me mm. from, from june and then just a few months prior obviously it feels like it's been going on forever um so things i would have done differently are early on in the process i probably would have taken myself out of the house a bit more and actually okay. um because while i've got my magic room slash study type area which i love being in and uh, the kids come and go from school with school holidays and getting COVID and things like that. Um, there's been a lot of, I'd say, noise and distraction in the house over the past three months because we've mm. had holiday, we've had all had COVID. Um, it's it's not been a, a consistent thing like I was used to. So I probably would have taken myself out of the house and whether that's going to one of those shared workspaces, yep. we work, which I was thinking about this week, or just the local library or community centre, um, shared office, just something that would have given me that purpose to go, right, I'm there for eight hours, whatever it is, this is what I'm going to get done in that day. Yeah. Um, that, that's what I would have done earlier on. So that's something on just yesterday, in fact, gone, right, that's what I'm actually going to do now and spend just test it out a couple of days a week and see how that goes and mm -hmm. it's making um and certainly while the school holidays are on as well yeah definitely a good time what else um probably just decide what long term is the best for you your family financially mm -hmm. etc Mm. Um, and go right well that what's the priority long term as opposed to the dream and the passion can take over emotionally and go yeah. right that's what I want now to happen so but long term financially it's probably better to go that way what, what's better long term financially mm. and um is just cement that with the, the job searching if they were in a, a similar position. If someone's already in a role and they've got a side hustle, then it would be in spending an hour a day building up that side hustle outside of work. Mm. So just keep chipping regularly. If you can do the compressed week or fortnight like I did um, and with the place of work that people are at, then that's really mm. good. That was going well a year or two ago. And, and the extent to which you've considered the long-term position that you'd like to be in, um, how much of that do you think is colored by your current position? 
yes because it is that what i'm wishing for right now you see mm. so it's hard to see that but then you know talking with my wife back then that's what she could see because right. she's not got this um, passion for the magic like i have so yep. um she could see the very simple well it's just about getting a job isn't it and just don't worry about the magic for now yeah so, uh but I've had the time and resources and still have the time and resources from my role being made redundant to um, not worry too much. But it is getting it's crossed that line, I feel now with Christmas approaching where I kind yeah. of done things differently. Yeah. And just to explain to some listeners who are perhaps not we're recording this in Australia, the reason Christmas is such an important milestone for us here is normally as you move into early mid-December things close down a little bit certainly on the recruitment side um, January is a big summer holiday lots of public holidays and times and really things only really get back up to speed February time yeah so often the position not always but often the position certainly in Australia is that if you don't get the role by December it's probably February March yeah yeah so that's, that's and that's out. the concern right yeah, it is, because then you're on the sort of home stretch of, um, well, I, I am personally just with, after almost 10 years in ANZ, I'll be on the home stretch of um, really then needing to find something before having to make changes. Yeah. And have you, uh, just picking up on that, have you thought about doing anything different, as in not, not from a career or a longevity or a financial position, but just doing something completely different that Alex Muffet would never have considered, and he's not doing it for money, he's purely doing it just to get out. Um, I'm trying. Well, the only thing I've added to my life that's new recently is a, a course that I've started. So that's to grow me and upskill me. Um, but it's not wildly different, but it's in the, the Neuro Leadership Institute, so the brain-based coaching. So I have used some of the career training funds that I was given to go on that uh, or be able to, to join that and do that. So that's to help me grow as a, a leader in a leadership role, but also leadership coaching. So it's about the, the neuroscience of coaching and tapping. Mm -hmm. The emotions and the solutions focused coaching so that's something that i'm doing where i'm feeling like i'm making progress on something while i'm not in the actual career mm -hmm. so regardless of what happens i'll come out as a more well-equipped person at the end of this yeah. and with new skills but also i really like the idea of coaching people you know having some coaching clients one-on-one -on -one as well to um, to do on the side at some point if it's mm -hmm. not a career in coaching mm -hmm. So there's that. In terms of other things that are wildly different, I've not thought of anything completely strange. Um, I still do my exercise outside, a lot of running. Um, yeah. but the, re the reason I'm asking is because, and, and this is, well, hopefully you might find this kind of funny, um, it wasn't intended to be funny, but I enjoyed the experience when I, um, so the, the same sort of thing happened to me. Um, although it was probably more of a choice to leave the business I was in six, seven years ago and go out on my own with no real 
well, no, no clients, no pipeline, nothing. And I've kind of been fortunate that it's worked out. I'm still around six years later. Um, <laughs> in one of the local papers, there was an advert or a request for middle-aged white men to come and act as extras on TV shows. Right. Right. So I applied, right? Thinking oh, nothing is really going to happen because, you know, what, what, what would they need that for? But and ironically, I got a couple of uh, extras gigs and it was a hundred bucks a day. I didn't do it for the money. There was no money. It was actually a waste of money in some ways. But I had a really interesting time doing something that had I been working full time, I would never have done. Because I didn't have the time. Hmm. And I, I got maybe, you know, once I'd registered and they'd seen that I was, I could speak English, et cetera, et cetera, whatever they wanted in particular. I got, I probably got about, you know, half a dozen phone calls within the first week. Wow. And it was an interesting experience in just doing something completely different, not yeah. for any other reason than just experiment with someone that was not outside my comfort zone because I quite enjoyed that aspect of, you know, performance, but that I would never have considered doing because financially I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't give up a day to sit around being an extra to, you know, walk through a camera screen eight times <laughs> for 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 a hundred bucks. And it took, you know, six hours to do it. So I couldn't do it. But that, I, I did that and, and it petered out after a while because I got busy. But it's something that I really enjoyed and I'm glad that I did it. And I wonder if there's anything like that for you where you kind of go, I wonder what it's like to be an Uber driver. I wonder what it's like to deliver pizzas. I wonder what it's like to, I don't know, sell Christmas cards on George Street for the homeless children of Australia. Yeah. And I'm kind of making it up here, but I, I wonder if that's crossed your mind to do anything like mind. that. Yeah. And I chatted with another magician uh, in Sydney a couple of months ago, having a coffee, and he, he's, he does Uber driving and loves it just daytime, not nighttime. And he also, when he was going through a bit of period uh, where he needed to raise some funds, he did courier delivery. So things like that, you know, Uber driving has, has obviously been, it's come up as a conversation, but uh, I don't feel I'm at that point just yet, but it might be just something where you meet people that can then make a difference in your life. So yeah. um, while making money, I have to clean my car a fair bit there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's an opportunity for you using your magic somewhere. Yeah. You know, schools, uh, old people's homes, supermarkets, you know. Yeah. I, I, I read that there's, um, you know, the TV program, uh, Old People's Homes in Four Years, that sort of idea. That there's now a new one about, you know, old people's homes and teenagers where the benefit for both. There's something in that. There's something that connects us. I'm wondering mm -hmm. if there's other ways you can utilize your magic that's a good idea there's you know, i started when i was 15 16 with a mentor of mine in old people's homes doing magic you know, watching him entertain them and he was of that almost of that age himself entertaining them and i then came in as this little teenager doing it so that would be a a um a lovely thing to do and then at a, i had a gig on saturday night and a lady came up and asked for my card and then said my father's dying. Would you mind doing a private performance to him? 
And I said, of course. So, and that's something where I go, while I was driving home, I was thinking, you know, there's, there's no way I'm going to take a fee for something like that. Mm. This, you know, lady asks for a card and, and would like me to do that. Then I just would feel really good if someone who obviously loves magic mm. is, um, is not very well, then it'd be a, you know, a great way of giving some joy to someone. Mm. something that i love so yeah you, you, just little things like that that um i probably need to think about more and get out and do so yeah you, thank you for sparking yeah. well yeah and this is not you know the, a conversation really I, I i read recently that if you're feeling a bit meh on the inside then get outside yeah and and you know it's far easier to act your way into a different way of thinking than it is to think your way into a different way of acting yeah. So just getting out and doing stuff, just as you say, whether it's the working or the connecting or the, it just offers a different energy and a different perspective to one where in your situation, the walls feel like they're closing in. That's right. And that's part of the going to a workspace or a library to do work is to just get out of those, the, the daily monotony that it feels like of um, going through the rigmarole. So yeah. Um, but that could be a, an extra little thing that I, I slip into the day and go and visit some people and show a bit of magic and mm. see where it takes me. So do you mind if we pick up on that? Um, obviously, you've had some time now, more concentrated time working on your magic. What have you learned about magic in the last few months? Um, I've probably learned more around other things that I'm trying to relate magic to. Okay. But then probably in, in turn gives me some insights into to magic. But I've learned that it's it is hard. You know, I've spent a year and a half or two years close to designing stuff and creating stuff and filmed some new things yesterday that one of them put out today, um, using sleight of hand, but again, it's always the metaphor. And so it's often I get my inspiration from outside of magic mm -hmm. to then make the dots in my brain go, I could use magic with that. Mm -hmm. And the one today was around acronyms. And the what's the one I did today? It was team. So together, everyone achieves more. Okay. So I'd seen it on a, a LinkedIn post. There was a whole list of them. So I've got a whole list of different videos that I'm going to do. And it was, well, how can I change that team and reframe it into the together everyone achieves more mm -hmm. using magic? So it's a, a switch, a change, a visual change from it, but it's a reframing of, of that into this meaning. So, and that was from that inspiration of just seeing the acronym. Yeah. That's probably where I've learned more on how to, whenever I see something, I'm applying the lens of magic through okay. it. Right. And then recalling all my knowledge of magic that's at the back of my brain there just coming to the front based on what i'm seeing but it's yeah. got to have certain principles involved so um you know can it be changed is it something that's transforming and changing because that's a magic related thing is it something yeah. that's, um held or uh, stretched or um, strong or heavy you know these things you can always apply some kind of yeah to it so um I'd say I've spent more on that than I have on the magic in the last few months. And 
it's crossed my mind because I've, I've got some new books recently and I'll walk past the bookcase, sit in the room next to the bookcase. Mm. Should I be going back into the magic to then see what happens the other way around? Um, okay. That's probably how it started 18 months to two years ago on mm. researching the books and then seeing what came from that. But now I'm digging more into magic being a supporting thing. So yeah. I need to have the 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 inspiration from outside of it to begin with, I think. Mm. For me, I think the magic, if we accept that we're in a very noisy environment, there's so much stimuli and noise and information hitting our senses. What the magic does is it makes it visually and cognitively memorable. Yeah. So it's more likely to stick and more likely to remember, even if it is a simple little trick that you go it took me 20 hours to perfect that and it shows up in three seconds <laughs> i get that but for the listener for the receiver that memorability means it might just stick front of mind longer than it used to that's so exactly you know, right and that's they may then be able to apply it a little bit more yeah and understand it and receive it receive the message just that little bit stronger or differently and that's what i'm trying to convince people with my journey at the moment that it is about just having that message well received with clarity and it sticks so they'll recall it months years later through yeah. some means they'll see something that resembles what they saw in the past and go oh, i remember that that guy did a, a trick there but if it's a message that a corporation organization is trying to have conveyed to their people then it's got to be something that's easily remembered and mm. anything visual is always remembered mm. brain receives it 60,000 times faster when it's a visual than yeah. anything else and we take in our brains take in something like 90 percent of everything we take in each day is visual of course because right. we're looking around at things all day mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. but when you add that layer of magic to it and illusion and deception and that psychology then it just taps into something up here, doesn't it? That makes people have that sense of wonder, surprise, joy, yeah. humor, yeah. but also how's that happening? You know, what's just happened there? It just sort of yeah. just disrupts them just slightly to then go, right, that's, that's different and it's visual. So that's what I'm trying to convince people um, on this journey. So. And it's, it's interesting that that's, whenever you see magic done or you experiencing it and the, the youtube videos that i've watched the magic that i've experienced when when someone produces magic often the question i would say i'd be interested in your view but i would say 99 percent of the time is how did you do that mm. it's a how question but it's said with a a wonderment a curiosity a, a, an aweness of wow how did you do that Hmm. And I think we talked on our last one about sometimes not wanting to know as well. Mm. Potentially we spoke on that. Uh, but yeah, there's always that. Because if the magic's rubbish, then it's a case of, oh, I see now I did that. Or see right. now I did that. So it's then just kind of, there might be a message in it or the trick might be nice, but it just sort of overtakes the... The rest of it, if it's just obvious how it's done, it becomes a, a reveal in a way. So the magic still needs to be good 
and fooling, but I still say that's secondary to the, the message. It's just, or the entertainment side of things. Right. Um, but if the magic isn't fooling, then that comes to the fore because right. that's the thing people talk about. So you see it on comments on YouTube clips. People will go, I can see he flashed between his fingers there, or, you know, he switched the card here. You know, they, right, right. No matter how skillful it was, that's what they remember that it yeah, was, yeah. that they've worked it out. So it still has to be strong, but the message is the most important thing. There's a, there's a couple of things that's triggered for me specifically about magic. One is uh, I remember seeing there was a pen and teller who are probably one of the world's greatest magician duos. And they had a show set up for magicians to try and trick them who know every trick in the book to see if they could fool the magicians. Mm. And then the second thing was, I think it might have been a UK program called the mask magician who actually the show was all about showing you how the tricks were done. Yeah. So that's, it was a US guy. Um, he was called Valentino, the masked magician, eventually unmasked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that's quite old, that show now. It must be mm. at least 20 years old. Mm. And yeah, that was the biggest sort of first time people were reveal, revealing effects. And then of course, yeah. YouTube now, there's lots of magicians make lots of money on YouTube and TikTok revealing magic. Right. Yeah, they'll film an effect and then they'll show it on another post, you know, from this angle. And it, people get a look inside the, the workings of the magic. And of course, that gets heaps of views and engagement. So um, magicians, a lot of them out there are making a lot of money revealing right now. So, wow. yeah, but with the Penn and Teller angle, their show was, yeah, like you said, designed for magicians. So not so much like the Got Talent shows yeah. where they're not created for magicians, they're created for every entertainer. The Penn and Teller show, The Foolish Show, is very respectful of magicians because it's Penn and Teller's baby, that show. So they, they get to do their act and have it filmed and produced exactly how the performer would want it to be because it's all about the, the, the magic and the integrity um, of that magician so if they happen to fool them then you know they they love it but if they don't the magicians just love being on the show yeah they get to do their act and just perform in their theater in front of Penn and Teller is just a dream for many magicians anyway so yeah, it really yeah, yeah. comes not about I must go and fool them it becomes I'm going on their show and if I fool yeah. them it's a bonus yeah I mean, and I'm assuming in your world the Penn and Teller are up there with some of the top people that you'd want to be inspired by and inspiring of. Yeah, definitely. They'd be up there. So I went to see them. They were at the Opera House um, a few months ago. So took my three children to see Penn and Teller and it was, it was brilliant. Um, first time I've ever seen them live. I've seen them for many years on TV. Yeah, so wow. yeah, Copperfield still up there as, as my favourite and David Blaine and then Penn and Teller would be up there. Right. Very good. Um, Alex, I'm conscious of time, so maybe a couple of final questions from me. In your current uh, field of freedom that you have, what's the best thing you've done with magic? Um, probably what I feel I'm doing is different from what 
there won't be many of me in the world doing this. So what I feel I'm doing is creating things that have magic involved that haven't been done before. So the creativity aspect of it is, mm-hmm. is important to me. So some of the stuff, obviously, the ideas I get from books and I have used certain props and things like that that aren't mine. But for example, the one I posted today, um, what are we on, 28th September today, that's a creation of my own. And the, the idea of the acronym, obviously, that we talked about, team, came, that's not mine, that comes from whoever created that originally, who knows, but the uh, the idea of creating that into a, an effect with sleight of hand it did take probably more than 20 hours of practice on, yeah. on that one for i think it's 16 seconds the video is <laughs> um you know and that's mine so it's creating things that um haven't been done before in that way so yes. magic as a supporting message for speakers is not new that's out yep. there it's been out there for a long time big in america but these short bursts of short message videos, we don't see that often and yeah. at all. So certainly for the short ones uh, consistently as well. So that's where I feel what I've done with magic is, yeah, is creating great. things that haven't been done before. Yeah, the it, it would appear to me that the effort required for the return is not necessarily commensurate with, you know, one for one. You know, twenty hours for a sixteen-second clip. That's yeah. Well, that's extraordinary. The good thing is, though, is that that piece of sleight of hand has um, probably been used in lots of other things right. uh, by, by me. So it took that long, and now I don't have to practice it so much. So a few little bits of practice, and then it was done. You know, right. my son Zach doing the filming. Um, so probably 10 minutes of filming, making sure he's getting the right sort of positioning and things like that, yeah. and then putting it together on the, the editing. So, yeah. but that actual piece of sleight of hand was used by the world champion in his world championship winning act mm-hmm. in 2017 or 18, a guy called Eric Chien. He then went on to win Asia's Got Talent with it and as part of his act and then also america's got talent he got to the semi-finals using this little piece of sleight of hand as part of his bigger act so it's grown legs and then now gets these little snippets and um showcasings in lots of different things cool um where, where can people get hold of you where can they check out your magic stuff so on LinkedIn, uh, my profile there, and my website is alexmoffat.au. So I've managed to get that .au thing that was um, new now in Australia. Mm-hmm. And that's got um, the the speaking side of thing, is that website. And uh, there's some videos on there. But on the LinkedIn profile, you'll be able to see lots of examples on there of little videos that I've made that I've got on my featured section. Great. So, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll we'll put all those links into the show notes, and just to perhaps lighten our our ending here, some some quick fire questions for you, if you would be if you would indulge. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite magic prop? Pack of cards, I would say. It's okay. a it's not necessarily a magic prop, is it? It's playing cards, but it's what I uh, love the most in terms of my magic. Okay. Favourite suit? 
Um, yeah, I, I tend to wear as a magician. I, I've got the casual look, black jeans. <laughs> no, my favourite suit in a pack of cards. <laughs> <laughs> wonder why? Because a magician, we have multiple suits. You see. Yeah. You know, special pockets and all that. Yeah. So that's, that's where my mind went. Yeah, that's um, favourite. It'd have to be hearts, wouldn't it? Hearts. Okay. And favourite card? Playing card. Yeah. In in hearts. Uh probably the queen of hearts i would say the queen of hearts yeah. Very good. and given the freedom that you're now experiencing what's a maxim that you are trying to live by um just continue to um be present for my family cool well i, I think on that honorable and authentic comment alex will will pause our conversation thank you so much for turning up as my first second guest thank you for having me and i appreciate you sharing some of the vulnerabilities and what you're going through right now yeah thank you for all those questions and appreciate it. thank you for having me back cheers you're Pete. welcome cheers <laughs>